What's going on, Clipper Nation? It's me, William, the Opinion Update. And I am positive Chuck Mockler. We're wishing you a blessed Friday. Oh, yeah, we hope it's a good one. Uh, in case you missed it, Kawhi Leonard made his debut as a Clipper. Scintillating evening at the Staples Center. Very unexpected. So we're going to be breaking that down in our recap of tonight's, last night's, by the time you listen to it, uh, Nuggets versus Clippers game. Uh, some stuff to unpack there. And then we're going to do some Pacific Division coach talk. Specifically, uh, which coaches are going to have sort of the most pressure on them as the season unfolds. And we're going to wrap up with a classic Friday love, Mary kill. So stay tuned for all that and more coming up right about now. So if in case you missed it, the Clippers and Nuggets played a preseason game on Thursday night. The Clippers lost. Clippers only played half a game. Yeah, that, that is very true. The, the Half the Clippers lost, 111-91. The Nuggets ran out, I mean, their starting lineup for the year. Yeah. Right? Like it was it was Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, and Jokic. Yes. It was pretty it was and Doc commented in the pregame how this is a difficult team to prepare for in the regular season, especially because it's just the the continuity is just there. Yes. I think that was on display early, but there was a surprise with the Clippers starters. Why don't you let these people know what happened in case they didn't see it? Ohio. So we ran out a line uh, came out very late last minute that Kawhi would be in the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. Uh, So your starting five was. Lou Williams, Shamit, Kawhi, Jermichael Green, and I guess we'll start here. Interestingly enough, Montrez Harrell at the five. I think we got to start with how good Kawhi looked. All right. That dude, I was so hyped. It was unbelievable how good this offense looked with Kawhi out there. The team, I mean, the team was two different teams with Kawhi on on the floor. Um or, you know, a combination of Kawhi and Lou Will um, on the floor versus not being on the floor. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, he he delivered, um, he delivered, you know, like, it was goods as promised. It, that's exactly what it was. It was, <laughs> I mean, everyone was hyped. He played, you know, 1045, seven points, uh, six dimes. So I think that's worth talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, this was interesting to me. Uh, especially just given no turnovers, mm-hmm. we both commented. I mean, like right away they were using him off screens. Um, His off was, the dribble stuff looked great. Yeah, yeah, and it, it there was. Uh, I even took a note. There was like a pretty good chemistry early on with him and 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 Montrez. It oh, seemed yes. like uh, he was always kind of looking for him, looking to find him, uh, rolling to the basket. So, I I mean that you know it was great. It was it was ad advertised. You're right. Like it's a kind of a boring thing to say, but he was as good as we could have hoped for him to look. He's as you know, he's as good as we thought it was. He's quiet. And we still got Paul George waiting there. <laughs> that know. that hit me too, is that I was like, Oh yeah, this is really fun, but it's even more fun to think about the fact that Paul George is waiting. We um, outscored the Nuggets uh in in both of those quarters in which our actual rotational players uh we're playing some significant minutes. Yeah, the first half was definitely a lot more, I think, indicative of how the team's going to look for the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> Very so much so. Let's circle back to this Montrez thing now. Yeah, I this was interesting. Didn't get a chance to ask Doc why he opted to give Montrez the start over Zubats, especially just given how large the Nuggets are in the front court. Like, that's one of the first things <laughs> I think about. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's two seven footers like yeah. running the pick and roll and stuff like that. Yeah. I wonder if Doc did it because we talked about this right before we started recording. This is not a move Doc makes in the regular season. I don't think we see when we play the Nuggets. Very much so. But it Very was interesting so. to kind of give Trez that test against Jokic, which did not. I mean, I think it went kind of as expected when you think about Jokic going against Trez defensively for Trez, I should say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Trez really had trouble with him in the post. I felt like I felt like in a regular game, his intensity maybe would have been a little bit higher. He would. Um, I mean, he did get a technical though. He. So his, his, his intensity. You know what? <laughs> when you're right, you're right. Um, but the hustle, because. I kind of described this like anytime Jokic had the ball, there were two to three Clippers in his face. Yeah. It was like, I think I said on Twitter, like gnats bothering a bear. The effort was there. I think there was like, it's a little bit of like still the hair trigger thing where you're like getting back in the game. There's there's a lot of jumping. Uh, oh, yeah. Which, you know, is good and bad. Like when it's when someone's making a productive, you know, like on ball move for a stop or something, it's great. When mm-hmm. it's, you know, like the last effort pretend effort for sure uh <laughs> it's a little bit less good L- looking at Kawhi's assists uh it's a little bit interesting uh all of them except for a three-pointer from green were very close to the basket all the big men um let's see he had three to zuba uh one to harrell and then he had a a layup to harkless um so you know he's i feel like that's a pretty good distribution um yeah it's a nice array of where he can doc said in the post game that he wants you know basically three shooters around Kawhi and then a roller i was gonna say it seems like the roller is the guy who's gonna be getting <laughs> yeah fed the most um and this could have been altered a little bit uh had green shooting been a little bit better uh, I, th- I believe he was one, he was one for four in that first half. Yeah, he so. nailed his first three pointer, which was fantastic. Yeah, which was yeah. good. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Terrence Mann got some run. We got to see some man minutes. Yeah, I would, and and it was nice because we got to see him kind of flourish a little bit more in the second half against. Uh, I mean, against, you know, like still guys that you will see in the rotation for Denver. So, you know, it's like not all negative. Oh, no, Um, for sure. But some some of the defensive things uh, were specifically addressed in the postgame conference with Doc. Doc's quote was great on that. He goes, he's an NBA defender on ball right now. And then, of course, with some fantastic comedic timing, he said, but a college defender off ball. It took the Nuggets about three minutes to figure it out. It was lighthearted. Yeah. But it was a nice reminder that, like, he's still a rook. Yeah. So I guess that's the question I wanted to pose. Did anything in this game stick out to you or surprise you about man? Do you think you've come to come back down to earth a little bit more on him? Uh, What are your thoughts? I think I came back a little bit down to earth. I wasn't you know, in the camp thinking he should get, like, a crazy amount of minutes. But, I mean, four turnovers, three assists. The boards were nice. Uh, He had four of those. He played 28-ish minutes. Not the best shooting night. He only took three shots, but I don't think he was really – I don't think he – that wasn't the focus of his game. But he looked – he looked like a good rookie. You know, he didn't look like something that blew my mind. But there was nothing for either me to be like, 
really particularly bummed about. Yeah, it looked like a rookie playing a really damn good team that's been together for a while. Yeah, and the other thing that was kind of interesting is generally when he was in there um, in the first half of the game, he was playing minutes with generally two other guards on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that definitely took away from his scoring potential as well as like maybe we would see some better assist numbers if he, he had a little bit more opportunity to, to handle the ball. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I I would agree. I mean, I, I think I would, I feel like I've been pretty down to earth on Terrence Mann aside from like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, just just good old nature Josh and good. Oh, of course. Good nature Josh. And but the, the offense uh, in the beginning, it was nice to see. It was a complete change from what we saw from the first two preseason games, I feel like. Yeah. The offense was humming. Um, it was nice. Second half, you know, we played some guys who maybe aren't going to play as much in the regular season. Yeah. Um, we got to see Swaggy PP, Patrick Patterson, his first minutes. Yep, looked good. Uh, yeah. 67% from the field, one of two from three. Uh, yeah, finished with a solid five, four, and nothing. But let's go <laughs> back to the starting lineup. Okay. Uh, or not the true starting lineup, but let's talk about actual rotation players. No offense to Swaggy PP. Of course not. Uh, how did you feel about Avica tonight? Offensively, loved it. Offensively, four of six. Offensively, he was great. Made his two free throws. The touch, I mean, like clearly, the. I mean, I'm gonna talk about this probably for the rest of the season, but the touch looks so much improved. Markedly improved. My biggest bugaboo was the boards. He had three boards. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the the rebounding left a little bit to be desired Mm -hmm. as well. Like, yeah. I mean, basically. Some of the stuff on, like on the interior, was as we feared. Jokic was pretty, like it was pretty easy for him to score over him. Plumley too, uh, which is kind of what bummed me out the most. Snag, yeah, and snag rebounds over him. Yeah, Plumley. Uh, there were some moments where I thought Zub- Zubak looked really good. He made Plumley work pretty hard uh, to get some points, but it's still like, I, I mean, it's great that he's slowing him down. And I guess in more minutes, maybe we would see that manifest to more stops for sure. Uh, but from what we saw tonight, you know, like it's like great that you're giving a guy a hard time, but like if they're still scoring, it's kind of like it doesn't matter that much. Does it matter? Yeah, that's fair. Um, coming up after this, we're gonna continue this game recap because there's a lot to talk about. So yeah, we're all back. right. Welcome to the second segment. This game preview is just carrying over. Hope everyone's okay with that. We were just talking zoo. Um, I I really just it was the boards, it was the defense. But I think those are things that might come with just more play against better competition. You know, that first game, Rusty against the Rockets, second game against Shanghai Sharks. Yeah. This was a nice... This was exactly what we talked about on the Thursday episode. A great litmus test. Absolutely. And it seemed like Zoo is a little ahead of where I thought he was offensively. Yes. But, you know, the rebounding, just want to see that boosted up in the regular season. Yeah. And Trez was able to clean up on the boards pretty well, finished with seven boards, led the team in scoring. Um, What do you make of... Trez taking 16 shots, and the rest of the the second highest shot total was Jermichael with eight and Shamit with eight. Shamit, who did shoot uh, 50%, two of five from three, which was great. Um, I, I'm all good with that. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that all of those were... I mean, all of them were inside the arc, and all but four were in the paint. Yeah, he took. I only think he, I think he took only what like two jumpers or something like that. Yes, he had kind of like a push hook, which looked gorgeous. It really did. Yeah, that was great to see. Uh, but and he only took one kind of actual jumper, 
But it was one that I think we were both kind of like, okay. Like, it, it wasn't in a, you know, an egregious jumper or like a three or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, this was a game flow situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it well, just I, happened like that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, th- I think that that bodes well. Um, obviously, offensively, we expect him to tear up second units. Oh, yeah. We accept, we expect him, you know, to be able to pile points on even when y- their backup uh, front court is pretty large, too, uh, yeah. with, with Wancho Herman Go- like Hernan Gomez and also, you know, Plumley out there mm-hmm. uh, in minutes sometimes when Jokic is not. That's still. Pretty formidable size-wise. Um, I noticed that any time Jokic was in, uh, Doc put Trez in. So I do think this was just to see how Trez could handle a guy like Jokic, which is great because he's a top I don't know, three center in the league. Guy does everything. Yeah, Inclu- for sure. Um, Easy. Mo Harkless continues to be a perfect new Clippers player. Absolutely. <laughs> like, um, he, he he hasn't had a bad game in this postseason, and I'm so hyped on it. Nothing is, like, about his stat line, like, super jumps out. He played, like, 13 minutes, eight points, Three or one four turnover, shooting. no rebounds or assists. Uh, but, yeah, the, the field goal percentage was really good. He just looks good. Yeah, um, he passes the eye test with flying colors, as most of these guys do, but him especially. Yeah, yeah. He uh, and he's so athletic and 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 rangy. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I've been really impressed through the preseason with his shooting. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, those numbers aren't going to stick where they are. But um, if he can, if he could even knock down, if he can knock down threes at like a 33 percent clip, uh, we all good. Uh, speaking of knocking down threes. Landry Shamit finally had his breakout performance. I think everybody was kind of ready for that. Yeah, seeing he went two of five from three, that was awesome to see. His first bucket was a driving layup, which I think kind of set the tone for like, you might have to look out if I'm coming to the lane. Yeah. Um, really good to see him. Click had three dimes, mm-hmm. which is good to see. Only one foul, 11 points. Two turnovers, but... Yeah, you know. it was kind of a turnover-happy game. It was. Yeah, I was surprised... Um, so Lou Williams had, you know, did Lou Williams things. Yeah. Four of six, one of one from three, 13 points, three boards, three assists, and a steal. Yeah, he was a, <laughs> he was electric in the time he was on the floor. He also had a deflection at one point, and I was like, DPOY? We got, I mean, the length on this team in the first half, the Nuggets had no idea what to do. We caused so many deflections. Yeah. It was great. One thing that kind of concerned me was... The Nuggets had kind of an absurd amount of turnovers. The Nuggets had, excuse me, 24 turnovers. And we... Had 23. We had 23, and we scored 19 points off their turnovers. Yeah, they scored 29. Yeah, that's a disparity that I would like to see not happen in the regular season. You were kind of down on the transition defense. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was especially glaring with that, with like the second unit. Mm -hmm. Um Obviously, with you know, with Kawhi out there, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's like that's the thing where you're like, okay, this is so. Okay. It's one of those things that I've been concerned about, especially through that Rockets game. Not great in this game, mm-hmm. um, but I I think that it is a, a, it it appears to be a very fixable issue. We um, got uh, absolutely housed on the boards. It was fifty-one to thirty-three. I think nice. last year, anytime we gave up over forty-five boards, we lost. That makes sense. Um, yeah, which makes a bunch of sense. So that was one of the that and the transition defense were the biggest 
kind of moments for me in this game. Not that I think it's going to be a constant battle like that, but, you know, against a team with two big dudes, we're probably going to get outboarded. Yeah. Um, I think looking at the depth is something that's interesting. So we've talked about this a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, People are, like, weirdly down on the Clippers' depth. Which I don't understand. So here's the thing. Um, I still think a deep team for sure. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's a little bit... It's a little bit foolish to think that there aren't other really deep teams in the Western Conference. Oh, yeah. I mean, even Doc said it about Denver. Yeah. It's the exact same team. They have a continuity that can't really be matched, which I think helps with depth. And this was a really interesting game because their regular guys, um, you know, they had fine games. But, like, you know, I, th- I thought Gary Harris and Jamal Murray both a little bit kind of disappeared to be yeah. to be perfectly honest but we bottled them up well even in the like um like in that absence you know malik beasley had a great game we gotta uh, talk about uh monty morris uh, <laughs> a solid performance in the amount of time that he played what about uh mpj versus your boy all right so <laughs> we had, i'm sorry we had to bring no it. you gotta talk about it uh <laughs> michael porter jr he had a pretty solid game playing against Three and four string guys. Yeah. No disrespect uh, to those guys. No, no. But like Jerome wasn't even playing in those minutes. Oh yeah. Uh, so, but anyways, yeah. Uh, on paper, on paper, <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. had a pretty good game. He twelve five and one. Um, he looks better on the court, uh, I guess, than I would expect. Yeah, he wasn't clutching his back, which was what I thought was going to be most of it. But Jerome... I just thought he would be kind of like a baby deer. Yeah. How do you feel about Jerome? So... This game particularly. Jerome, to me, had some really promising moments. Mm-hmm. Um, the shooting is still an issue. Yeah, that the was kind of troubling. The form looked good, but he, he was two of six, uh, one of four from three. Four dimes, two boards. Yeah, two turnovers. I mean... It's not bad. It's not bad. It just seems, I mean, I think we might. It's either going to be a situation where Jerome plays in the G League again this year or he's going to be getting some minutes that I think people are going to be frustrated with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it's looking like so far. Anytime he was up against, uh, I mean, even like the stronger second unit guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it looked like he was kind of falling behind. The ball movement was nice. There was almost some times when we moved the ball too much. Like Terrence Mann uh, had a corner three and he passed it. And Paul George stood up from the bench and yelled at him to shoot it next time, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But that is kind of, I guess, kind of a good problem to have. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I think it's definitely a, a double-edged sword. It's one of those things where you... It's like we've talked about, you know? I, I think it's great that there's a bunch of solid... Um, I feel like role players is almost offensive, but there's a bunch of solid guys who are willing to defer to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is you like there can be like an impassivity that develops yeah. where it's like, oh no, you go, oh no, you go, you go, you yeah. go. So I don't want to mess up. Um, yeah, like yeah. I think that they can feed into that. So. Um, we're closing up on this. I mean, double segment preview, which I've enjoyed very much. Anything else? So Patrick Bradley didn't play. That was just a coach's decision. Yep. Uh, Magruder will not play on Sunday. Because he has a ankle sprain, high ankle sprain. Yeah, as Doc pointed out so uh, accurately. Any of the guys, you know, Motley five minutes, Fee only six minutes. What do we make of Fee only getting six minutes? 
I mean, I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, was I think Ma- I mean Motley is just ahead of him in the rotation. Doc made that too. He goes, you know, Mott's been looking a little better. Looks big yeah. too. Mott looks a lot bigger. Um, what do you? What's your? You know, two big takeaways from this game. So two big takeaways from this game are. I'm still not. Completely sold on on Zubat's defense. Okay. Um, I do think that at the five, it's a hole. Uh, It can be a hole on through the rotation. So that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, you know, it's something that we've been talking about for a while. So it's it's not that big of a deal. Other thing is, is just maybe we don't have to worry about anything. Too much. <laughs> I like. I love that take. Uh, the Zen take. Anytime Kawhi was on the floor. Oh, I was. I felt like I was in a hammock. It felt like. Yeah. It. I mean, it was like. It felt like everything was going to be fine. Yeah. It which was is really awesome. funny to think about. Yeah. My. I think my two takeaways were Kawhi looks amazing. He's going to mm-hmm. fit with this team absolutely perfectly. Doc is going to have so much fun drawing up stuff for him. Mm-hmm. Doc also mentioned that. He's going to kind of let Kawhi dictate if he's going to be a shooter or a facilitator, mm-hmm. which makes total sense. Second takeaway, I think rebounds are going to be a big bugaboo this year. I think it's going to be tough. Yeah. I well, hope it's not. I, th- I mean, well, I think it'll be better once once Kawhi and George are fully healthy. Continuity. Um, yeah, and, and just establishing a little bit more continuity. Oh, and, and one more other thing is just... Uh, so Michael Green's got to get the fouls under control. Trez has got to get the fouls under control. Yeah, Trez got a tech. That tech he got was arguing a Jermichael Green foul. Yeah. Which I really respected. Um, we have a game for you guys on Sunday. We're going to be recapping that for you on the Monday show. That's right. Coming up after this, we have a Pacific Division coaches discussion plus a Love, Mary Kill. But before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to Indochino. It's the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when you enter code locked on at checkout. All right. So we're talking Pac-Div coaches. This is a bit of an existential one. All right. What Pac-Div coach do you think has the most pressure on them this season? We all know Doc is the best coach in the Pac-Div, but who has the most pressure? That's interesting. I think that on a national media circuit, Okay. I think that... To me, it's probably, or not to me, to like the narrative will be that it's Steve Kerr. Whoa, damn. I think that that's going to be like the most interesting narrative pumped throughout the season. I've seen a bunch of weird things on ESPN of like, is D'Angelo even a long term player for the Warriors? And in my head, I'm like, yes. They yeah. trade it like, yes. Yeah, I don't know. That's both. I was going to say Vogel. I think that I think that that makes sense, and that's kind of an easy one because yeah. anytime you coach LeBron, so I guess that's kind of almost like the like duh. Yeah, I I, I hesitated on that one, but yeah, totally. I mean, he's going to be in the hot seat the entire time. They already have his replacement queued up. <laughs> Watching him, um, it's oh. Side note: so weird to see Ty Lue on the sidelines of the game. Every single time <laughs> he was on the jumbotron, I was like, in a good way. What's happening? Yeah. Um, Possibly hot take. Monty Williams. Just how that organization is run. He could be gone next year. They could even have a good year. 
Um, Sarver could just be like, I don't like you. But that's almost, uh, that's pressure by default because your owner is a power-hungry megalomaniac. Yeah, I think it'll be lower for him. Uh, I hope it is. All he has to do is keep that locker room together. and yeah. Which I think Ricky Rubio is going to play a big part in. Put together 30 wins. <laughs> and that's a, that's a Suns winning season. Uh, Luke Walton, not so much. I think Luke's in a good... I disagree. Really? I think he's in a good spot. I think that the Kings are also a terrible franchise. Like, just in, ter- <laughs> just in terms of the way they're run. Just in Sorry, of, Matt George. <laughs> just in the way... Just I mean, like, from the front office and the owner. There's and some the, hiccups. And the owner. Yeah. Um, great, gr- you know, like, great personnel. Oh, for definitely. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think that Luke Walton... He's going to be out of the shadow of the Lakers stuff, uh, which oh, yeah. will benefit him. His direct coaching is under more scrutiny of like his actual X's and O's and stuff like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. And I think last year he kind of gets a pass on just because there was like, you know, there was so much. And I, I mean, that wasn't really his fault. He didn't control everyone's health. Yeah. Or build that roster. For sure. Uh, it was actually the opposite of the roster that he had hoped <laughs> to be built. Uh, <laughs> but hey. talent moving forward. So. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it's kind of a prove it year for him because it's like, all right, well, let's, you know, like you have really talented young core. You yeah. just missed the playoffs. Get us can there. You, can you improve on that? Do we see Doc? It's funny because we, we were just talking about who has the most pressure. Every coach seems to be under an absurd amount of pressure in the pack div. I mean, yeah, that's, why I, put, Monty, that's why I put Monty actually at the bottom. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I think. Realistically, I think it goes Vogel and Doc for 1A, 1B. Really? Just because Doc, you know. I feel like there's more pressure on the players than the coach. For, for the Clippers specifically. For the Clippers specifically. That's a good call. Doc, he's approved. Everyone knows Doc's a good coach. Everyone knows Doc's a good coach. Um, Unless you're an idiot. I think like with a big trade and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I think the trade might I give him re- some wiggle room of like they're not all the way healthy yet, Paul George, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, for Vogel, everyone's healthy. Yeah, I would just be very surprised if this team underperformed in the postseason that that would come down on Doc. For sure. I mean, and, and you know, TBD, obviously. Like, I don't know anything oh, yeah. about what the playoff rotations are going to look like. Yeah. We We're talking could, October, baby. Yeah, we <laughs> could even have different personnel yeah. uh, by that that by that point so I, but uh, on the whole i would say that doc has a little bit less pressure just because man he's got the hardware he's been there before yeah okay so we gotta do a love mary kill i mean we, people, we gotta we need to people demand it for us so i found uh love mary kill things you would have three of the coaches in the pack div coach you in okay doc rivers first option the guy loves wine yeah He's going to coach you how to be a sommelier. All right. Second option, and this one's very out of left field. Frank Vogel was once famously on David Letterman for stupid human tricks, spinning a basketball on a toothbrush while he brushed his teeth. This is a fact. He then teaches Where you. Where did you find this? Wikipedia. He then teaches you how to do the exact same thing. However, right. you are going to Lakers facilities to do this. It's very legit. Okay. Third option, Steve Kerr. Has been on record saying he smoked marijuana to help his back. What? This one, he's teaching you how to roll a backwoods. All right. <laughs> so what do you love in Marion Killian? Doc, the sommelier teacher, Frank Vogel teaching you something to get you on network TV, or Steve Kerr helping you roll up a backwoods? And it's a honey backwoods. Um, I'm, love, 
I'm loving rolling with, rolling with Steve. <laughs> yeah. He uh, seems like he'd be a great, like, good. Ooh, maybe you don't want to do that, but try this. Seems like he'd be a chill hang, too. Oh, yeah. Um, Guy Chiefs. Yeah. Sometimes his vibe I find to be very annoying. Uh, He's like, got a little bit of a Palo Alto vibe. Like in the media. Uh, but, you know. Good hang. Good. I mean, you know, once the cameras are off, he's a good hang. Which so? Which one are you marrying? I'm marrying Doc <laughs> Doc Rivers with the Somalia because <laughs> I feel like it's um, it's almost like an Earl Stevens type Somalia. <laughs> <laughs> Earl Stevens is good wine. <laughs> if you haven't had E40's wine, Earl Stevens, it's great. Uh, the Moscato is phenomenal. Well, like he's he's giving you good insights, and obviously he knows a lot about wine. Yeah, but he's also Doc, so he's like saying things like. And then it tastes a little bit like a shoe. I think it would be a thing where he would like just start doing it. He'd be like, "Let me, let me just do it," and you'd be like, "Okay, I mean, yeah, for sure, Doc." But I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to better myself with my <laughs> well, new career. Why? So I, we, I mean, we have the same. I and mean, you're killing the Frank Vogel one. Yeah, I'm killing the Frank Vogel one because I think he would just do a bad job, and then Jason Kidd would teach me how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Jason Kidd to teach me how to do no, it. No, I want Frank Vogel to. I wish that Frank Vogel had a full interview when he was on Letterman. While doing this? While doing this. It's pretty impressive. Do you think he had to audition? Yes. Man, Frank Vogel's mom's just like a stage mom, <laughs> but with like spinning a basketball on a toothbrush. It's like that scene in Airbud, that really intense scene in Airbud when the coach is like hurling passes at that kid. Oh man, that's rough. But it's his mom just hurling toothbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, shout out Frank Vogel. That about wraps it up for us. Yeah. We hope you guys watched the game. We hope you had a fantastic time watching the game. Absolutely. We'll be back for you on Monday with a recap of that game against Melbourne. I want to make one point very briefly. Sorry, this was late. Shout out to the people who went to the game. The yeah. atmosphere for a preseason game at Staples Center, electric. Like it felt, if like you said it, it felt like kind of like a downtown LAC night from last year. Yeah, definitely. There was a, it was fantastic support. Everyone was so excited. the 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 groundswell is just in full mass right now. Absolutely. Of hype. Also, shout out Mo Harkless having more fouls than field goal attempts. What are you gonna do? Uh, left him out of my "We Need to Foul Less" <laughs> segment, but it's a preseason. Shout out to Swaggy PP. Um, yeah, we, like Will said, we will have a recap for you for that game against Millbourne. One of us will be at that game. Maybe both of us? Yeah, we'll see how I'm feeling. see what's going on. We'll have a double player preview. We're going to be talking Terrence Mann and Landry Shamit. Mm-hmm. Two guys. One of them is very pivotal. One of them maybe. Thanks to you for listening. Thank you for hanging out. We hope you enjoy the new schedule for the pods coming out. I have been positive. Chuck Mockler. I'm William the Opinion Updike. Appreciate you.